that when something like this happens to me, it's because God has something for you. I take everything God gives me and count it joy. I take everything that God allows to happen to me and count it as joy. I give Him praise in all things. In all things. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to continue preaching on parables. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the messages so far. I've, I've really enjoyed preaching them. Matthew 13 verses 44 through 46. And I read from the New King James Version because it's easy enough for my feeble mind to understand. Hallelujah. And it says again, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, has, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. There are some people who believe these, these are about Jesus giving up everything to have us. I personally in my studies have developed the, the theological theory that this is about us finding the kingdom. And that's what I'm going to tell you all about today. Some of you might remember there was a movie years ago starring Kevin Costner called The Field of Dreams. He plows under all the acres of his crop of corn that makes him his money, that keeps his lifestyle. And he's going to build a baseball field because a voice spoke to him. And he said, if you build it, they will come. The field hosts legendary players that come out of the corn at, at different times. Shoeless Joe Jackson, even, even Kevin Costner's father in the movie, comes out and plays. And, and he's faced with a dilemma. Either he's going to hold on to the field, or he's going to sell the farm to save the life that he knows. His brother-in-law counsels him with these words. You're going to lose the farm, pal. He says, you're going bankrupt, you'll default on your loan. Sell now, or you're going to lose everything. How could you plow under your, under your crop? You'll lose everything. And the story goes on and, and Ray holds on to his field of dreams at a high cost, at a very high price. Losing what the world has to offer. This field meant everything to him and because he was willing to sacrifice everything for it. He's similar to, to Jesus' story of, of, the, of the man who came across a hidden treasure in a field. The treasure was so valuable and attractive that he sold everything he had uh, to buy that field that he found the treasure in. The treasure was attractive. It was desirable. And there was a cost to obtaining it. To emphasize this further point, Jesus told another parable communicating the same idea of the parable of the pearl and the merchant who's looking for the fine pearls and finds one of immense value. And upon finding it, he sold everything he had to buy that one pearl he had found. Pearls, if you don't know, is the one gem that you cannot improve by cutting. Diamonds and rubies, you can improve. If you cut a pearl, you destroy it. So finding this pearl of great value is, is unique in and of itself because there's nothing this merchant can do to improve it. I read a, a history, a, a historian, and uh, the story of uh, Cleopatra and... Dude's name, I forget his name. But she said, 
I'll give you the most expensive meal you've ever had. And she ground up one of the pearls on the earring she had. And they said that those pearls in today's market would be worth over $20 million a piece. A pearl of great value. You see, imagine, imagine well, let me, in both these parables, Jesus is communicating two major ideas about the kingdom of God. First, there's something in the kingdom of God that's, that's attractive and desirable. It is. And second, it can only be obtained at a great cost. At a great cost. Imagine walking in the field, stumbling on our treasures more valuable than anything else that, that you could have by working for it or, or saving for it. Anything more valuable that you can find in your lifetime. It's more valuable than all you have or all you will have in the future. So you go into town, you start to sell off your possessions to have enough money to buy the field and everybody thinks you're crazy. Maybe your family and friends say, what are you thinking? Now I can tell you I've heard that more than once and usually for me it was not in a good, uh, in a good way. But they say, Marty, what were you thinking? You, you tell them, I'm going to go over here and buy this field. And they give you that look. So maybe you've had that look like, what? You're going to do what? I'm going to buy the field. Well, that's a ridiculous investment. I've been walking by that field for years. There's nothing in there worth value. Why are you getting rid of everything you have for that? But you just smile at them. And instead of arguing with them, you, you just keep it to yourself because you know what you're gaining. Yes, you're abandoning everything you have, but also you're gaining more than you could have in any other day. So with joy, you sell it. Uh, you sell it all and abandon it all. The world has nothing for you because you found the greatest treasure. And you hurry to do it. You don't speak of the sacrifice that it's going to cost you because to you it is no longer a sacrifice. You found Christ in the kingdom of God. You found something worth giving up something else for. Jesus is something, someone, worth losing everything for. And if we walk away from Jesus, we walk away from everything of importance. He should be our main focus all the time. When we abandon our trinkets of the world and respond to the life-giving invitation of Jesus, we discover the infinite treasures of knowing and experiencing God. When we find the, the treasure hidden in the field, we're suddenly confronted with the truth that there are so many things more important than the things we're living for. Our world is broken. Since the dawn of civilization, mankind has striven for that perfect kingdom or perfect government. Some would argue it's democracy. Some would say dictatorship. Some would say communism or capitalism or monarchy. But with every attempt that man has done to create that perfect, that perfect kingdom, they have failed. The utopia, the paradise is still elusive. You see, you don't have to look far to understand what I'm saying. Look around our country right now with the different ideologies of what will make our country better. I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong. I'm saying we have a distinct difference and we have a problem that we need to solve. That problem is solved at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. You see, the kingdom of God does not fall short like all these other kingdoms man has created. It's the best. It's the most. It's the supreme. It's the kingdom of God. 
It's the help of every man, woman, and child. A place free of war where all needs are met. Where, we, where one can truly feel safe all the time. It is heaven. While here on earth there are real battles that we must fight. There are real battles that determine the eternal destinations, not the meaningless carnal battles that we tend to focus our, 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 our focus on. We tend to look at those issues with more than we look at the Bible, with more than we look at Christ. And the answer is not in the issues of this world. The answer is in the promises of God. Right. To enter the kingdom of God is to accept to do God's will, and it is worth everything you have to do the will of God. I would rather die within the will of God than live an abundant carnal lifestyle outside of it. That's how important this treasure is. There's a war going on for the souls of people right here in America. And it's a war between materialism and the will of God. It takes a real commitment to walk daily with God and a complete devotion to, to live out and complete devotion to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ and in the middle of what we call the American dream. Moving up the ladder, getting a bigger house, getting a shinier car, buying better clothes, acquiring more stuff. You don't acquire more treasures, you acquire more stuff. As followers of Christ, we have to make a decision. Are we going to wage the war? I've not taken a personal vow of poverty. I don't believe that God wants His people begging for bread. Scripture tells us not. I was once young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor His seed begging for bread. Likewise, I don't teach a prosperity message. I don't believe those guys either. I think poverty and prosperity are both wrong. I think God provides all of our needs. And if we need more, He'll provide more. There's nothing wrong with being rich. Don't get me wrong. As long as your focus is on God and not on the riches. How messed up is this world? Uh, even Christians, but especially about Christians. As I watch uh, professional leagues considering re restarting the leagues, and, and some of them are saying, well, I'm not going to go because I might get this COVID-19 stuff. I'm going to stay home. Well, yeah, you made $120 million last year. What about the guy that made 20000 last year? Or you hear the guy saying, well, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. We, 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 we get excited to watch a football player make $10 million a game, but we get mad when a pastor can afford a $1 million house. The, the world's messed up. The world is messed up. Now, I don't think that, that I need to go out and buy me a brand new Bentley convertible, even though I'd like to. You know, there, there's no need to be foolish about what God has given you. I mean, a Cadillac convertible would be just fine for me. 1972 Eldorado, red with white interior, if you want to buy it for me. Or actually, Tennessee orange with white interior. It would be really, really nice. Really nice. Right, Johnny? Give me an amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the great, uh, the pearl of great price are similar, telling that men go and sell everything for the sake of one thing. One thing and one thing only. See, in, in the one uh, about finding the hidden treasure, the man stumbles upon the treasure. It's, in the second, the man is seeking something of value and finds something greater value than he expected. The kingdom can come to us either way. 
Both men experience great joy. Both men are willing to sell everything for the sake of the treasure. You know, in, in the case of the, of the treasure in the hidden field, which a man, man found and hid, I think hid is he found the kingdom of God and he tells us to hide it deep within our hearts. And then the man gives up all the carnal desires when he discovered with elation what he had found by accident. He dumped everything else he had to, to do whatever necessary to replace it all with his new treasure. He really represents those people who are not seeking Jesus Christ. People who are not really pursuing the spiritual truths, but run across the gospel message and accidentally discover something more worth more and a higher value than they could comprehend or verbalize. You see, they, they, they don't understand what the gospel is really about. They're just living life. A good life. I've told you a hundred times, hell is full of good people. The only way to the Father is through the Son. I believe all people are searching, whether they realize it or not. The druggie is searching for the best high ever. The prostitute is searching for the richest customer. The alcoholic is searching for the peace and getaway of the bottle of alcohol. The businessman is searching for that next big deal. The mother is, is searching for answers on, on problems with her children and with her marriage. The list can go on and on. Just know that everyone seeks something. On the other side is, of that is the pearl merchant who, who knows he is searching for something of great value. He's like those who are seeking God, seeking spiritual truth, looking for the ultimate answer to their questions. And when they find it, again, like the merchant, they sacrifice everything they have, even other pearls, their philosophies, their presumed wisdom, and their spiritual understandings, the pearls that they had for the one true pearl. There's a great movie called Father of Lights where uh, this man is traveling around the world interviewing people and, and uh, they, they go to a place. The Holy Spirit says go to see this man and, and they walk for several hours and see a man and they describe him perfectly and he's sitting next to the lake and he was a, a leader of a church of uh, Hindus or, or something, Buddhist. And the guy said, a voice told me to wait here for you. And they witnessed to the man and these people killed Christians. That's what they did. They, they beheaded Christians. And this man gets saved. And his whole church gets saved. You see, he was seeking wisdom in, in the other religions of the world. He didn't, but he found the pearl of great price. It's clear the pearl is the kingdom of heaven. All the things that I listed when I, when I said people are searching and, and all the things I did not list can only be found at the foot of the cross of Jesus. They can only be found in the kingdom of heaven and only be kept when we choose to make our hearts and desire, hearts desire to draw closer to doing the will of God. That's all we can do. I speak with people who, who don't need a Savior. People who, who, who think that the message of the gospel is foolishness. It's, it's a fairy tale for weak-minded people who don't have the strength to believe in themselves. I had a young man one time tell me, uh, tell Lynn that Christianity was a crutch. And I said, son, I don't need a crutch. He said, well, I didn't mean you. Well, that's what you said. 
I don't hold it against him. I think he's been blinded. He's been blinded. And God is going to work in his heart. And he's going to find the pearl of great value. I speak with people who believe they're good enough to get into heaven, and they're not. None are. None are. The gospel of Jesus Christ is right in front of us all. The people stumble across the treasure in the field and don't recognize it for what it is. I mean, really, how many people walk by the field that this man found the treasure in daily and never saw the treasure that was there? How many people walk by a church? How many people do we walk by that we don't tell of the kingdom of God? How often do we miss that opportunity for someone who's seeking, for someone who's, who's lost his last year's Easter eggs? Where are they? And how do we talk to them? The story of the rich young ruler. He kept the laws. He was ready to go. He said, good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? Skipping some of it, Jesus says to him, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. He walked away from Jesus with full hands but an empty heart. Don't allow someone to walk away with an empty heart. In so doing, he was leaving behind the only one who could bring the life and the joy he so desperately wanted. I don't want to be like the rich young man. I want to be like the man who found treasure hidden in the field or or the merchant who was seeking and found the, the pearl of great value, who found the kingdom and sold everything to have it. How about you? Are you like the men who find the precious treasure, whether accidentally or intentionally? And are we joyful and excited about what the discovery we have of the gospel of Jesus? Is your joy still as strong as the first time you got saved? Do we really understand the value and the worth of the kingdom of God? Are we willing to give up everything else to possess it? Do we understand that Paul, when he was looking back, said in Philippians 3, 7 and 8, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. All the things that you build up, the the new clothes, the new cars, the new whatever the newest of the new, is rubbish in the kingdom. Are we willing to say to God, I turn myself completely over to you. Surrender all. I'll keep nothing back, Father. And will I accept with praise everything God puts in my life that my flesh cries against, everything God puts in my life that my flesh cries against because the Spirit knows it's what is best for me because God desires it. I hope that today you've realized the challenge that I've put out. It's 